This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg, and today I want to talk to you about student loans and student debt because our interview later on is all about scholarships and something you can do or your child can do to avoid student debt in the beginning. You know, student debt right now is a massive, massive issue. Um, I like people say there's a student loan crisis going on. I actually disagree. I think there is a cost of education crisis because you know it doesn't cost this much to go to college in lots of other countries. Uh, it costs more here than almost anywhere else. If you get into Harvard, it's uh, it's it's a great you know privilege. You'll make a ton of money with that degree if you use it well, but you'll also end up almost broke getting there. So student debt has become this big issue. I was really lucky. And we'll talk a little bit about this in a, in a few minutes. I I, mean, I I don't know if I would call it luck. I was fortunate that I was working at a Boy Scout summer camp when a wealthy donor gave a generous donation to create a scholarship fund called the Madden Scholarship after the gentleman who donated the funds. He is a real estate mogul in the Denver area, not the football guy that you know from the video games or from the announcing. Uh, So Mr. Madden gave all this money and that led me to having a full ride scholarship for undergrad. So I graduated from the University of Colorado totally, completely debt free. Um, I did have some college savings that my parents had put away and had come from some of my money growing up, uh, but I only ended up needing about $600 from that for rent my last month of school. So I didn't really have a big student loan problem when I finished school. Uh, I'm not saying that to, to rub it in people's faces. I'm telling you because it was a scholarship that made it happen. So uh, stay tuned, You know, keep, keep listening for what we'll talk about in a few minutes with scholarships. But student debt, you know, I did end up with student debt at one point. You know, I went and got my MBA. I started a year or so after I graduated from college. I knew I wanted to get a master's degree and an MBA at some point. There was no question. I figure it's never going to be easier in my life than it was at that point. And that's true with most things in life. You know, you get into relationships, you get mortgages and bills and kids and things. So don't put off anything you want to do, whether that's, you know, travel, getting a a new education, a new degree, you know, nothing's ever easier in the future. It just gets harder. So I went and got my MBA and ended up with about $40,000 in student loans. The program estimated cost was about 90,000. And I worked full time as a senior financial analyst um, actually, I was a senior treasury analyst when I, when I left the company, but I was a financial analyst, accountant, treasury guy at a big company full time at the same time I was going to school full time. So that meant I was waking up, commuting. Uh, I lived right by the light rail train and my office was right by the light rail train. So I was able to take the train downtown, go to work for the day. Uh, I had a great boss who let me leave a little early the days I needed to, to come home for class. I would get ready real quick, um, eat, shove a dinner in my face, really, hop on my bike and ride a few blocks over to campus for my MBA classes. And I was often there till you know, 8 or 10 p.m. where the times my late classes ended. So I was having very full days working very hard on the weekends to make sure my student loans weren't bigger than they had to be. 
but I still ended up with $40,000 in student loans. That's more money than I made my first year out of college with my job, or about as much as my first job paid. So, you know, $40,000. How do you pay off $40,000 of debt? Well, I did it in two years and six days. That's how I did it. I put every extra dollar I could possibly find into my loans and I lived really cheap like a college student. I found an inexpensive apartment. I took the train to work. I had an old uh, Corolla that I didn't drive that much so my gas wasn't all that expensive. I still have the same Corolla. It's a 10-year-old car now. Um, But I tried to keep my expenses really low and then every time I got a bonus at work or you know, a tax refund, any big lump income, I would put that 100% right into my student loans. And by doing that and making double payments when I could, I was making payments every other week when I got paid, not once a month. I did everything I could to get rid of that debt. And if I had paid it just one week earlier, I would have been able to say I paid off my student loans in less than two years. But no, I missed it by six days. So Uh, That's my student loan story, but again, it's better to avoid those student loans if you can from the beginning, and that's what we're going to dive into right after this break. Stay tuned. Does it always seem like you need insurance when you don't expect it? I guess that's why they call it insurance, right? Like this one time I was in college, I was living in Boulder, Colorado. I walked out of my apartment, went down to my car, and found that someone had kicked the side view mirror off my car along with every other one on the street. I mean, what a horrible situation, but thanks to good insurance, I was able to make one quick phone call and find a body shop, get an estimate, have everything taken care of easily, got that mirror fixed right back up, and it only took about a week or so, and and I was all set and even had a rental car in the meantime. And it was really easy because of Liberty Mutual Insurance. That was my insurance company that helped me through every step of the process. I even got to pick the the car shop that I wanted. I didn't have to pick some random shop I didn't know anything about. And I ended up with a great result and a fixed car. And the rates were pretty reasonable, so I was happy with it. If you want to give it a try, head to personalprofitability.com slash Liberty Mutual. All right, everybody. So I am here with Jocelyn Panita, who is an expert in all things related to scholarships. I have to share before we dive in and start chatting with her, my own scholarship story, just to emphasize how important this is. So I went to, for undergrad, to the University of Colorado in Boulder. Um, a, you know, it's a state school, so it isn't meant to uh, make you broke like a East Coast um, hotsy totsy school. So I um, <laughs> went to CU and through the Boy Scouts got a scholarship worth $15,000 a year for four years. So I essentially had a free ride to college because of scholarships. And I uh, know a couple other people who've done some awesome things with scholarships to essentially get a free ride. I think I needed about $600 out of my college fund my very last month to pay for rent uh, because the $60,000 was less than $1,000 short of my need. So uh, now let's dive in with Jocelyn and really start talking about the details of scholarships. This stuff is important for college students if you're a student now or even a parent or a high school student or a parent of a high school student who will be going to college because we know how much school costs now. So Jocelyn, what's your story with scholarships? How did you get into this? Sure. So um, I love the question, how did I get into this? And it was actually kind of accidental, which I feel like is the best way to get into anything. 
I started um, a flash mob <laughs> company accidentally once. So you, you, you can do anything accidentally and come up with a great result. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So, and, and my theory, you know, is if you're truly helping people, then it's, it's going to work out. And I think that's what we've found here. So when I decided, I mean, no matter what, I was going to college, but unfortunately my parents, there was no way they could foot the bill for all of us kids. I'm one of five. And, um, you know, it, I just, I knew it would be on me. And from that moment on though, I actually had watched Dave Ramsey's financial peace university while in high school. And I, he shows like the, the debt snowball and all that stuff. And it made me terrified of borrowing debt. It did not matter what kind of debt. Such a good thing before you sign the form at college saying I will take on like tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to like understand how it works. Right. Exactly. Right. I, ideally you would imagine that everyone knows the consequences, but unfortunately that's not always the case. So I was lucky enough where I, I did see, Oh my goodness, if I borrow that much, it actually ends up almost double. Are you serious? So so I, I was stubborn and I said, I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so I started applying for scholarships and actually that was my junior year in college or sorry, in high school. And I applied and applied and applied and I wasn't hearing back and it was so awful. It was so frustrating. I was about to quit, but then I realized the ones I was applying to were basically scams and and so I started tweaking this strategy and kind of trying to figure out, okay, what's legitimate, what's not. And by my senior year, I slowly started seeing the money come in. And so then by the end of my senior year, I had enough to cover my freshman year. By the end of my freshman year, I had enough to cover whatever didn't carry over to my sophomore year and so on and so forth. And in the end, I graduated completely debt-free, never having to borrow a single penny. And in the end, I got over six figures in in scholarships. That's amazing. Where did you, uh, can you share where you went to school? Sure. I went to the University of South Carolina. I was majoring in international business, which is their number one for it. So that was a, a no-brainer awesome. for me. In-state as well. Um, you know, choosing the most affordable alternative is obviously the first and easiest step to reduce how much you have to borrow. Right. Um, and then scholarships a second. So, so, you know, obviously in high school, you didn't have any support from your university. You were probably still applying or had just gotten in when you were a junior in high school or, or senior. So, you know, out on your own, how did you start finding these scholarships and how did you find the scammy ones and figure out that they were a problem? Sure. So yeah, there really wasn't any support. And unfortunately, guidance counselors, they have hundreds of students to one guidance counselor. And, you know, of course, they have like the graduation meetings during the busiest time when they're making schedules. And so I just there was no way that they could help me in this. So I was really on my own with it. And um, I didn't have any relatives that were that had done it before. So it, it was just a matter of trial and error. And um, so it was kind of painful at first, but the way that I really started realizing they were scams was next thing I knew my inbox was just flooded with messages from all these advertisers and somehow they were tied back to some scholarship I applied for. And what I realized was they were the sweepstake ones. They were the ones where, you know, you put your name in and you'll miraculously win $10,000. Like, um, if you believe that I, I'm a uh, Kenyan prince. And if you give me 5,000, I'll give you a million. Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. Exactly. So, but you know, a 17 year old, when you're facing a scholarship that takes five minutes while you're sitting in front of the TV to apply to versus one that requires a 500 or thousand word essay, seems you like know, a no brainer. Exactly. To a 17 year old where now that we know better and, you know, in the scholarship system, we teach students that we say, you know, I know it's tempting, but in the end, if you spend five minutes times 10 applications, that could have been that one essay that was actually a legitimate scholarship. So, and instead of getting $0 and a bunch of spam emails, you have a chance of getting some more significant dollars. Exactly. And can you believe that email um, inbox? I, I can't use the email anymore because of it, but it has over 20,000 unread emails. They still send me scholarships and I've graduated years ago. <laughs> wow. That's you know, sometimes it's horrible. You get on these lists and you try to unsubscribe and it just means they'll send you more email. I actually just read recently, don't unsubscribe from things that land in the spam folder because they will know you're reading it and then just want to send you more spam. Oh my goodness. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. These, these quote unquote scholarships, sweepstakes scholarships, a lot of parents, they'll say to me, well, Jocelyn, you know, maybe if we submit enough of them, someone has to win them. And I mean, I guess, but I have yet to meet a single person that's ever won a single one of them. And what they're doing is they're taking the student's information and selling them to marketers. So it's just not fun. So for the scholarships you did um, eventually, you know, figure out the good ones and started applying. What was your system like from search to submission of your application? Sure. So it was, again, a trial and error. And that's what... And, and to go back, and I, I didn't mention this. So actually, to go back to the story, I ended up graduating debt-free and went into the corporate world and corporate finance and all that stuff. And since then, I had a bunch of people asking me exactly what you just asked me. Okay, I found a few, but how do I win them? How am I going to increase my chances of being chosen? Because right now, I'm just throwing my hat, you know, throwing throwing a random submission in and I want to make sure that I have the best chance. And so these friends I was talking to, it, I sounded like a broken record. I was telling them the same things over and over. And that's when it dawned on me that it really is a system. It's a process. And if you follow the steps, you have a higher chance of securing scholarships, hence where the scholarship system came, came about. And, um, I decided, you know, now, now we turn that into a full-time thing and, and we've helped families get, now we're up to probably over $700,000 worth of scholarships. So, so that part of the process is so important. A lot of people worry about the finding, which is important. You don't want to get sucked into those scams, but they underestimate what the actual scholarship requires. But the beauty is the process itself. Once you get a well-oiled machine, it takes less and less time. And so that's basically what the next few years were for me. It was, okay, let me try this essay. Let me try that essay. Let me tweak it a little bit. So I had a few core essays that I would reuse a lot of, for many of the applications. Um, I built kind of a, you know, some of these were paper days. So I had a folder for scholarships. Now we I had a manila create... envelope for each yeah. scholarship. Sorry you to know... interrupt you, but that's how I did it when I was applying. I had on my parents' dining room table, like 20 manila envelopes and one for each scholarship. <laughs> I love it. See, yeah. And you label it and this is for this due date. And yeah, these days, a lot of it's electronic. So we use Dropbox or I, I always suggest some sort of cloud-based system because when your computer crashes, 
you don't want to lose those reusable oh, essays. No. Yeah, that's I that's I everything I do for my entire livelihood, I save in Dropbox because of that exact reason. Yep. Yep. And so it's just, you know, it's a matter of building almost this little database of what you need for scholarship applications and reusing them over and over to have a well fine-tuned application, um, which cuts down the time that it takes to apply. It increases your chances of winning because, you know, you can tweak it and make it better and better as you go. Um, and of course, you know, it, it keeps you sane versus having to start from scratch each time. So that's kind of a, a quick 10,000 foot, um, vision of the, the, the process from when you find them to when you get them. So I know when I was back in my scholarship days, I um, I got a few. I didn't just get the one big one from the Boy Scouts, though. That was, you know, the biggest uh, one of the biggest financial victories I've ever had in my life was getting that scholarship. Um, and, it, and it was huge for me. But I also got a scholarship. Uh, it was a smaller one for being a Target employee. I was the one picked from my store. I, that was my first job in high school other than working at a camp. But I got another one for Eagle Scouts. Um, but I know there's some very obscure scholarships out there, many of which don't even get applied for by anyone. Um, what is your favorite funny scholarship or most uh, niche scholarship you've ever come across? Oh, gosh, that's a fun question. And to to go off that, you found a lot of scholarships for things that, that were close to home, mm -hmm. things that you were involved in. And that is a huge – students – should always ask immediately, do you have a scholarship to anything that they're involved in or even where their parents work and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, it's always nice to find them close to home because usually those are less competitive. Um, but to, to talk about weird ones, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard about the duct tape prom dress one. That was <laughs> yeah, that one, that one's pretty creative. I have seen one that actually was for students who loved vacuums, which I don't necessarily know if anyone would admit to loving vacuums, but I guess <laughs> there's a future engineering student, a mechanical yeah. engineer. That's the one who, who wants to, you know, increase the suck power of the vacuum. <laughs> or so, maybe if they have OCD or something and they just love vacuums. Clean. Yeah. My favorite yeah. one that I ever came across, I'm left-handed and I saw there was a left-handed scholarship. I didn't win it, but I had to apply because already I'm, I've got something above all the right-handed people and that I qualified. <laughs> Right. And I'm assuming there are less left-handed people. So technically it's less, less competitive, right? Yeah. Although <laughs> I was only competing with other left-handed people. So I guess my uh, odds were, were even with them, unless I had the best, uh, best entry or best submission. Exactly. Yeah. So if people yeah. want to learn more about your system, want to connect with you, if they're interested in getting themselves or trying to motivate their high schooler to be like you, which I know at 17, um, it definitely took some help from my parents because if they hadn't motivated me, I would have spent my time playing Grand Theft Auto, um, the what I bought from working at Target. <laughs> so um, how should they connect with you and find you? Yeah. It, so with the parents, I cannot begin to stress how helpful it is just to have them cheering them on because, you know, if I, even though my parents didn't know the process before, they knew I was starting to feel defeated. And luckily, you know, I figured it out, but I was near quitting too. But with the scholarship system, the idea is that they don't have to do all the, the guess and check the, you know, um, trial and error that I had to go through. Instead, they're given a specific system to follow with proven steps. 
And so if they're interested in, in checking us out, they can go to the scholarshipsystem.com. So don't forget the, the, in that, in mm-hmm. the address. And on there, we have a ton of free information, um, free guides, essay writing, cheat sheets, you name it, tons of helpful stuff. And, um, if they want to reach out us, there's contact through there. And then of course we are on, on Facebook. We share scholarships that we find that are legitimate on our Facebook page as well as other resources. And then for those moms who love Pinterest, we share quite a bit. I love, I love sharing stuff on Pinterest for college. So, (laughs) um, we're on there as well. All right. Listeners, uh, make sure also to hop on the show notes. We'll have links to everything, um, that you just heard. So if you didn't write everything down, don't worry, just, just head to personalprofitability.com and we'll have you covered. So thank you so much, Jocelyn, for joining us. And um, do you have any parting words for our listeners? I think that's about it with scholarships. There's such an opportunity, like we talked about it, you know, paying for college, it's an expensive thing to face. And there is an alternative versus having to borrow all that money. And the only way to get towards that is to start applying. Um, And one last thing, if they if they want some help with it, we do offer a free webinar, which we can put a link to in your notes as well. And that is a free 45 minute training to get them started on where to find these scholarships that I'm talking about. So with that, I just wish them the best of luck. And I hope that they work towards a debt free education like you and I were fortunate enough to have. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Well, that does it for today's show. Thanks, everyone, for sticking around to the end. As always, if you enjoyed, please take a minute to go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify even has them now. Go in, leave a rating if you liked it enough, even a review. That helps other people discover the show. You know, As we discussed during the show, scholarship, student debt, all that stuff is so important to think about and make a priority. So next week, next day, whatever you're looking at your finances next, think about this stuff because it really matters. Until next time, stay profitable.